Podcast. This is Charles Spur. Megan Spur. And we're talking, well, it's just the two of us this time, so that's weird. <laughs> it's so lonely. There was, there was no people to bookend. It's true. It's, you not, know, it's not the circle. It's just kind of a line. <laughs> so, very exciting. Uh, the final, tra- I think it's the final trailer for the final season of the Clone Wars animated series has dropped. Well, to be fair, we also thought that the last one was the final season, but I think Dave Filoni's actually been on record saying that this is the final. The trailer itself says the final season. Yes. So. <laughs> I think we're good on that. Uh, where do we start with that? Like, it's heavily featuring Ahsoka, which is nice. Well, I think that was always the focus um, because it's he he talked about how he wanted to go back to Mandalore. Uh, sorry, by he I mean Dave Filoni has wanted to go back to Mandalore that being able to tell the story of the siege of Mandalore and from there we are going into uh, Revenge of the Sith. So it from what I can tell from this trailer, we are seeing Ahsoka coming back from wherever she went after she left the Jedi Order. She went away somewhere. Apparently it looks like in the bowels of Coruscant. And then somehow she ends up older on Mandalore. And then we see what clearly is signs of we're looking at things that happened in episode three in Revenge of the Sith. So we see a pregnant Padme. We see more of uh, the clones. You see the um, hologram message of uh, Obi-Wan that definitely hearkens to his His warning, his warning of all the Jedi to stay away. So I am making the assumption because you don't see it, but I'm making the assumption that means we're going to see order 66. So that also implies, you know, what all of these Jedi masters that you saw throughout the clone wars, probably seeing them die. Um, You saw Caleb Dune is standing around um, a table. There's a shot in there. I don't think I saw that. You get a young Kanan Jarrus in there. And one of the things in the Ahsoka novel is talking about... I was going to ask about that. Yeah, uh, it discusses how Rex and Ahsoka escaped by essentially, they didn't quite, I don't know if it's faking their deaths, but they're, they basically dug fake graves and um, Ahsoka left her lightsabers behind. So when you come to her in the Ahsoka novel, she doesn't have lightsabers and it's a matter of, you know, how does she get them? And um, the, the process of, turning the crystals um she that's how she gets her white blades and it's an interesting story uh totally worth reading the book by the way ek johnson does some great writing the trailer for this is packed there's darth maul who's alive again (laughs) well we knew that i mean he's alive in rebels so oh yeah actually what i want to say is that i think that this is really going to help kind of like crystallize that relationship between ahsoka and darth maul like what she's already come to terms with by the time you see him at the end of season two in Rebels. Like when she runs into him and she's like, Maul. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there, there was interaction with them. I just, it didn't really feel as impactful, right? It doesn't, what, from what I remember, and to be fair, it has been a while since I've watched some of these Clone War episodes, but um, I don't remember it being like there was some sort of feud between those two that, you know, there is some sort of personal vendetta, I guess. 
Uh, I would say that there's far more with Ahsoka and Ventress than there would be with Ahsoka and Maul. So, but even then, you know, Ahsoka and Ventress have worked together out of necessity before. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of in Ahsoka's nature to be able to like deal with people she doesn't like. Yeah. When she has to. Yeah, fair. Just what that seemed like in Rebels. Well, I mean, that's yeah. I think they all did that though. Yeah. Anyways, so no, nah, this. This looks pretty rad. There's a scene of Mace Windu reciting that line from, I think it was Revenge of the Sith, where he's saying, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. And Yoda saying, you know, take great care. And yeah, uh, it's the exact line from the movie. So I don't know if we're seeing a different interpretation of what we saw in the movie, which I think actually would be fascinating. Um, I think We could just replace the movie. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We could just not have episode three and just let Clone Wars take care of it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Actually, what I do find interesting about this is one of the problems I had with uh, the, the prequels is how Anakin changes so drastically between the films. One and two, certainly, because there's like 14 years difference or some absurd long time. Yeah, he's spent some immense amount of time training to be a Jedi by the time you get to. Fair. You're a different human being at that point. Get it. Stop Uh, having feelings. (laughs) Attachment is terrible. But between episode two and three, he gets really angry. And you start seeing more of the the hate and and everything that you you know you know that eventually leads to him being Darth Vader but it felt like in such a small time period that there was such an extreme change so clone wars yeah i think you well i mean so in the clone wars right you in the animated series he is so jovial he is not an angry human being in even even when he's you know aggressive he's not angry so it's I'm excited to see more of that transitionary period than of the jovial and you know Jedi who cared about people and and was willing to bend the rules to get things done into the much more dark and aggressive and uh, brooding you know Hayden Christensen. Well, so I think they tried with the movies to make his mother's death kind of the catalyst of that. Sure. And I think using the Clone Wars to have this relationship he builds with Ahsoka come crumbling down, him not being able to save that, leads to a much deeper, uh, you know, loss. Because he had his mom when he was a kid. Like, he spends all this time away from her. Sure, he feels the loss of a parent that he hasn't known for a long time. So. Yeah. There's the guilt of I could have saved her. Yeah. As opposed to his more direct role in the trial and Ahsoka being blamed and him not clearing her name, her having to do it herself. Yeah. And then walking away from him. Like, there's a whole lot more for him to be brooding and angry about and to feel all this, you know, guilt. Well, it always felt like his frustration with Ahsoka leaving was that he wasn't leaving. To me, I always interpreted it as... You know, she gets to walk away and he doesn't. He is living a double life. He has yeah. a wife that he's hiding from everybody. There's, you know, all of that. And Ahsoka doesn't, as far as he knows, doesn't have anything to hide. She was, they just had doubt in her and she left. He had, you know, the council had doubt in him. He didn't leave. He instead murdered all the children. It's a slightly different path. Yeah. Yeah, slightly. Well, and also Mace Windu. 
Wait, he did kill Mace Windu, right? Didn't he kill him? Uh, no, he distracted Mace and Palpatine ends up Oh, that's him. right. Yeah. It, it, Anakin is somewhat to blame for it, mm. but... He gets, like, force lightning down a window. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird, considering we've seen a lot of people survive lightning and falling out windows. It turns out. Yeah. Maybe you just don't combine those two. Yeah, I mean, couldn't he, like, force push himself to prevent fatal falling damage? I don't know. Mm. How does the force work? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I want to make a joke about, like, how do magnets work? Like, you know. Maybe that's all a force is. It's just magnets. <laughs> Getting that fucking insane cloud posse up in here. Can they explain that? <laughs> I would absolutely love an ICP video explaining how the force works. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, just at the end, somebody brings up a magnet, like, fuck you, and punch him. <laughs> I heard that... I don't remember where I heard this. I heard that uh, some... ICP concert after Miracles came out that somebody went out with like a booth and a, like a whiteboard to like explain <laughs> science how magnets work. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I just remember, I'm sure it's a rumor I read on Reddit. <laughs> anyway, it's an awesome trailer. And uh, we're only, what, weeks away from this. Oh, do we even know if they're going to release this all at once? Or is Disney going to make us do a week to week thing? Like the Mandalorian. It was cruel. <laughs> I've gotten so used to being able to eat all of these things at once. But at the same time, I do appreciate having the forelong storytelling. It <laughs> In that same metaphor, the ability to digest an episode itself. <laughs> uh, it also gives you the opportunity to build a little bit more of a community around something. I don't know if The Mandalorian would not have been as successful if you had done it all at once, but um, I certainly think it prolonged the conversation because each week more and more people were talking about it and watching it. Um, they were talking about Baby Yoda every week. <laughs> I mean, mostly, but there were still other conversations. I mean, you know, there was the IG unit whose yeah. name I'm blanking on. IG-11. IG-11, yes. There was the woman in the western town that shouldn't be allowed to shoot that of course she can shoot because clearly you guys have never watched a western before and then Kara Kara Dune that's weird yeah I know right <laughs> it's not doom yes so it's not the same as yes there's an n and an m yeah yes <laughs> enunciation just that I, I had to stop there for a second I was like wait a minute I just said that word earlier yeah anyways no there were lots of things that people complained about <laughs> week to week not just baby Yoda that's true uh, Sorry, I say that lovingly. As frustrated as I was with some of that commentary, I I loved watching the conversations around The Mandalorian each week. The only downside I would say is that spoilers were so hard to avoid. And given that I do social media for a living, man, I watch everything the moment it comes out just so that I don't have it spoiled. <laughs> oh, there there was no spoiler filter on that at all. Well, how like, day one, people are like, Baby Yoda! To be fair, I did not see Baby Yoda on the internet until I watched, and I I think I watched episode one, like a day after it came out. I don't think I watched it in the first day. Yeah, it might have been a day later. Yeah. There might have just been something that happened that day. I Yeah, I lucked out. Either, somehow I managed to avoid Twitter or Reddit that day. But uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have no idea if they're going to do weekly. Uh, my guess would be weekly. I wonder how big the, se- the, the series will be, though. I mean... 
Clone Wars had some seasons that seemed like were short and some were like... Like 20-something episodes. Like a million and a half. Yeah. So... I'm I'm vote if I have a vote I would like the million and a half please yeah just keep it going for a while yeah let's explore some things speaking of exploring things and you know a galaxy far far away Anaheim <laughs> like what transition are you making here Charles <laughs> I'm just saying Disneyland is a long way from Seattle <laughs> fair but uh, we made that trek for the opening day of the uh, new Star Wars ride. I think it was a happy coincidence. I don't know if I actually booked this trip specifically because it was opening that weekend. But yes, I did. we did find ourselves in Disneyland for the opening day of... Rise uh, of the Resistance. Yes, the second of the rides in the Star Wars land. Not Star Wars land. Batu. <laughs> uh, Galaxy's yeah, Edge. Galaxy's Edge. Is the official name of it, but yes, it is uh, Black Spire Outpost on Batu. I will always call it Star Wars Land. <laughs> Yeah, everything else is fair. land. Yeah, no, everything's Fantasy land. Fantasy land, Tomorrowland, everything. Yes. Frontierland. Yep, no, it's Star Wars land. And Toontown land. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, Toontown's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. And we just ignore it most of the time. Well, we went there this time. We did. Yeah, but fair. I'm just saying, usually, it's like, do we want to go into that bridge to the weird place? Mm, eh. <laughs> well, mostly just because there's a lot of small children there. <laughs> they love the tunes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we just act like small children in Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, that's also true. So I think we, we've talked about Star Wars Land before. Uh, we've been a couple of times since uh, Galaxy's Edge opened. You know, it's it's weird. It feels like you're walking on a movie set. It's really cool because it doesn't feel like it's a Disneyland area. I mean, uh, of course, because there's tourists everywhere, yes, but there's sure. no Mickey Mouse-shaped balloons there's no churro carts, right? There's nothing out there that blatantly says this is the Disneyland theme park. It is a very much a, a Star Wars aesthetic. And you walk so far away from everything else, you can't even really tell that the rest of Disneyland exists outside of it. You can't see it. You can't hear it. Yeah. Like, it is a very isolated section of the park. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And, you know, previously... We've built a droid. Um, I built a lightsaber earlier. I surprised Charles with buying and building a lightsaber uh, this trip. But specifically, Rise of the Resistance was the new ride. And ride... Man, I I hate the fact that I'm going to describe it as an experience because that seems like... So cliche. It's such a cliche marketing thing. It's an experience. Like, I feel like Goop should be promoting an experience with this. Uh, Just a ride. It's an experience. Yeah, no, that sounds like a bad commercial. Uh, But... It's the only kind of commercials I know how to do. (laughs) So, I think the... Two things to point out is that we didn't have to wait in a nine-hour line, which is great because they did a virtual queue. So everybody, weirdly, at 8 a.m. The park falls silent. Because everybody stops and looks at their phone and is hurriedly smashing the join a boarding group. So you get assigned a number. And then when you are assigned a number, if you're lucky enough to be in a, a low enough number group to then get called throughout the day and say, you know, come at this time, and they're boarding this group between this group. Like, yeah, so. they give a range of boarding groups, so you get like about an hour, hour and a half mm-hmm. to stop whatever it is you're doing and make your way over to the ride. Yeah, so which is nice, because I would not have waited in that long of a line for that ride. Uh, not that the ride isn't worth it, but I just don't like waiting in lines. <laughs> so, I, Well, when I first read the description, I'm sure, I, I believe I sent you a message, and I'm like, I will wait in a three-hour line for this. This sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I've seen... 
Right, lines longer than that. Oh, certainly. Yeah, the one that got me was somebody showed a screenshot of Smuggler's Run having a 255-minute wait. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. that's not two and a half hours. <laughs> that is four hours plus. Yes. Not worth that. I don't even know if Rise of the Resistance would be worth four hours of standing in, in line. That's a good... Like, that's half a work day. Yeah. No, I would Just wouldn't. to go... It's, it's like a... 15 minute it's a 15 minute ride but sorry experience uh but <laughs> <Experience>. <laughs> it, it is not it is not worth four hours um uh, that being said so the uh digital queue which meant that i didn't have to wait in that line totally worth it the the process of walking up and checking in your boarding group and then you walk through what will be the four hour line it, uh, it was clearly built to be a very large queue yeah like it probably, t- I'm not being facetious. I think it took about 10 minutes to walk from when you check in to where you get separated into smaller groups for the ride. Yeah, the wait for that ride's never five minutes unless you run. <laughs> That's very true. So this ride is a combination of a lot of things. There are... Well, I guess we should just say that we'll spoil this. Oh, yeah. Uh, total spoilers out there. Sorry. We will Um, talk about everything about this ride, including how shit works on it. Yeah, that's also true. So if you don't want to hear that, I guess tune in next week. (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is going to be the rest of the podcast. Probably. So you walk up for like 10 minutes, um, and it, that ride or the line tells a story, right? You walk through a weapons locker. You see freaking guns just in a case. Um, you see... The flight suits of some of the rebels. Like, there's... This is guerrilla warfare, and it's a little real. It's a little dark. Yeah, it's definitely got a good armory feel to it. Like, just cages of weapons locked up. Like, it's not just a gun on a wall or, like, here's a couple blasters. It's like, here's 20 rifles locked up next to another 20 rifles locked up. Here's a case full of... uh, Detonators. Detonators, yeah. Yeah. It's just a little real because you're walking uh, through, like, just all around an entire case of guns. So it's a little little dark. You go through that, you get separated into smaller groups where you are then put into a briefing room. And you see BB-8 rolling around, like an actual BB-8 unit, which is amazing. I know that that exists in reality and it just still blows my mind that... I, I literally own a small little droid that, that yeah, works Steve that way. works just the same. Yeah, it's just weird. Uh, so you see BB-8 rolling around, and there's an area where it looks like a, I assumed that a person was going to walk up. That was my initial thought, yes. Uh, I thought it was going to be a lot like Smuggler's Run, where like maybe Hondo-style character right was going to walk up. Yeah, I was actually just expecting it was going to be an actor. Uh, uh, that's true. But I mean... what we saw instead was a hologram. Uh, where Ray is telling you the briefing, and it is Daisy Ridley. It is, yeah. um, you know, the the actor. And it's insane because the first time you see it, we could not figure out how they did it. Because my, you know, my first thought was, if you're going to project on something, you have to project on something. Like, what, what are they projecting on? It didn't make sense to me because there was no visible screen there was no like mist to project on like you see a world of color i didn't see glass i didn't see anything it was bonkers it it just looked like a star wars hologram just friggin popped up in a room that you could see was a room yeah we did ride the ride twice 
And the second time I thought it was funny. I was standing back to just kind of get a picture of the room. Charles, of course, charges right up to the corner to stare exactly where the hologram was going to be. And so it is a piece of glass. It, it is the most anti-reflective coating piece of glass I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. There were people taking flash photography. There was, uh, there's obviously the light projecting on it from, I, I think, behind. It's probably uh, behind. It was, either way. It might be at an angle above. I don't know. Uh, the, I, what, it's described as, what's it called? Piper's yeah. Ghost? Is uh, that the, the technique? That's a different technique. That uses a 45 degree angle pane of glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, this pane of glass was just straight up and down. Yeah. Like, as far as I could see, it was just an up and down piece of glass. So... The only way that I could see after Charles pointed out that it was a piece of glass was to move to a corner and see just a a slight imperfection. Like, maybe whatever it is that they coated this thing with, that it just maybe had the tiniest of warpings on the side. I'm hoping that it continues this way and not like over time it doesn't become, you know, super apparent that that's yeah. what it is. But it was crazy, the veil of uh, mystery that, that that put up, even yeah. as people who look for these kind of things. Uh, so, yeah, that whole thing was amazing. <laughs> people who went through like the, so this is exactly how Haunted Mansion works. Yeah. <laughs> Here's where the glass is being held if you look at it right on the ride. Yeah, to be fair, that took me a long time to figure that one out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We started getting into like imaginary stuff and like looking at how this stuff works. Yeah, fair. Uh, So you go through this. You're told that this is the mission you're going on. There's videos uh, where the actor who's playing Poe, whose name I'm blanking on right now. Oh, the actual actor's name? Yeah. Yeah, I got no idea. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Doesn't matter. It's not him. Poe Dameron's giving us a briefing. (laughs) Yes, but I want to know his name. Poe Dreamy Dameron. Maybe that's his call sign. (laughs) <laughs> oscar isaac okay yes uh that sounds like a name i've heard before <laughs> to be fair i very much like him he's the one that i've been having a blast following on all of his interviews where he he is just going back and be like yeah uh poe and finn man they should have been it that should have been the thing and <laughs> disney not not having it and he's just forcing that into the conversation and i appreciate that thank you sir Anyways, totally unrelated to that. So all of these people involved are the actual actors, like the, all the recordings and things. You leave that briefing room. You go to an outdoor area where you see a full-size... It's that's, a Corellian freighter, I think. Well, it's Corellian-style freighter. Well, that's the freighter. No, but Poe's ship. Oh, yeah, the X-Wing's there. Yeah. Yeah, the Black Leader yep. uh, X-Wing is outside. So you have actors or... They are cast members, essentially just moving you into the right place. But they're all uh, staying within script of like, you're all rebels now. You're joining the resistance. yeah, Exactly. So uh, they move you from the outdoor area into the Corellian freighter uh, where you walk in. There is a animatronic. It's a Mon Cal. I can't remember his name. Lieutenant something or other. I didn't catch his name. So it is a life-size you know, animatronic who is talking to you, then turning around and starts flying the ship. And it's very much like a Star Tours experience where you have all the screens around you and the ship is moving, but you're, it's not moving too hard because you're standing up. You're not belted in anything. They're just like, Hey, you might want to hold on to something. Yeah. There's handrails you can hold on to because it will be a little unsteady and it's, 
Yeah, it's a cool little motion ride yep. uh, thing where you see yourself taking off from Batu yep. uh, through the monitors at the uh, fore and aft of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get like monitors for Poe communicating as he's flying escort to with, for mm-hmm. you. And there are three other escorts. Yeah, there's a couple other. Uh, but you, you get to see the whole action as it comes in from the front. If you turn around and watch the back, you can see the action move uh, throughout the, the ship. It's Yeah, there's definitely like stuff that happens at the front and the back and it moves between. So yeah, yeah. it I, gives that real sense of being in a ship that's in space. The part that I still had a hard time parsing <laughs> was you go through this experience where essentially the story is uh, you are being tractored in and then being brought into an, a Star Destroyer mm-hmm. and the doors open and there's an Imperial officer that's come in and told you that this is now property of the empire. Yeah, the first order. First yes, order. the first mm-hmm. order. Yes. But here's something that I had a hard time parsing is that I just assumed walking on that we walked in on one door and then we were going to walk out on the other side because you are moving from, you know, logically, I was just outdoors with, you know, leaving Batu and then I went through this thing and now it's going to go through the other door. So it will take me to the next part of a ride within Disneyland. Um, instead, what happened is I went through that experience on, you know, the, the ship moving and all the screens and whatnot. And then all of a sudden the doors opened again on the same way I came in. But now the Imperial officer walks in, tells us all to leave. You walk out and immediately you're on the Star Destroyer. So the same exit that I came in. So clearly the ship moved to somehow... <laughs> Where it moved to, I don't know. How it did it, I still don't know. I can only assume that it's on like a turn track of some kind. But either way, or maybe I just did a 180 inside of the ship and I didn't know. But yeah, I think it's just a real gentle 180 that's turning the ship around. But Possibly. Either way, uh, it was crazy to me because now all of a sudden you walk in and this is a room that you see in the ads where... There are some actors that are standing there telling you to go a certain direction, but there are also, I want to say, like 50 stormtroopers. Yeah, there's a good complement of stormtroopers uh, just standing there. Huge room, big ceiling, big set pieces. Some uh, people are actual actors. Some are just, you know, these are you know animatronic things set up. But the room is huge. Like, I mean... Just as a bay and a Star Destroyer, like, it's life-size. There's, like, there's a TIE fighter that's just up on a wall ready to be brought down and launched, like you see in Force Awakens when they go to escape, right? Like, it's just on that launch thing on the side. It's a full-size TIE fighter. I walked up to the damn thing. It's... Like, it's crazy. It's bonkers how big this scale is. Not, like, Main Street scale, two-story three-story buildings are actually like one and a half story like it feels um, to be fair i have a hard time calling it lifelike because it is star wars and it's not actually life sure but it it might be a little smaller than what it should be but theoretically but it feels incredible um it's also intimidating as hell to walk into a room when you have a first order person yelling at you that you are now you know in possession you're being Detained. Uh, detained by the First Order. And you walk into a room with like glossy floors and 50 stormtroopers holding weapons staring at you. That's crazy. So you leave that room. 
you get shuffled into another line where then you are separated into smaller groups. So at that point, you know, you're probably into a group of what, like 30 people, 50 people. And now you're into groups of like 10 or eight, I think. Uh, it's eight. Yeah. It's groups of eight. So at that point you're no, six, four and four. I thought it was oh, three and four, three. eight, no, 16. We can count. Because there's four people in the front row, four people in the back, and there are two carts. Oh, was it was it four and four? Okay. Yeah. So you're separated into groups of sixteen people, and at that point, you know you're you're separated into your groups. You're told to stand on a mark, and then angry imperial officers just pace around you, and occasionally will stop and be like, "What are you laughing at? Is this funny?" Like they're in character the whole time, and it's crazy. They're not like. This is the wildest ride in the wilderness, right? Well, like, even before that, like, there's nothing indicating where you should stand. And they basically, like, point at a crease on the floor. They're like, stand here, do not move. Yeah. Like, all of you, stand here, single file, don't move. And if you move, they will come get in your face. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little little creepy. Like, they'll let you turn and, like, take pictures or something with your phone. Because, you know. Of course. They're not going to be total dicks about it, but you stay in that spot they tell you to stay or they are going to come have some words with yeah, you. Yeah, they'll, they'll give you some shit. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, and it's also weird to see them, like, how do they describe what happens, let's say, if there's more than four of you in a party. So, theoretically, like, the next part of this ride is a cart that holds four, or so sorry, eight. eight. Yeah. Yes, eight people. So if there's more than eight people in your party. So they ask, they're like, are you okay with uh, separating your detainee group and having, you know, eight of you here and one of you there or something like that? And it was, it's a weird way to ask me, like, can we split your party and, and how, how you do this? How ride? do you feel about being interrogated separately? Yeah. <laughs> because you're being taken to interrogation. Yeah. You do walk into an interrogation room. It's like this weird triangle shaped room and they securely lock you in. It feels like. There's a screen that is towards the top of the ceiling, not on the ceiling, but, you know, the top of the wall there. And you see both Hux and Kylo Ren go pacing back and forth and talking and talking to you. And as they're moving back and forth, and obviously it's a screen because obviously it's not the actors there. But there's also shadows being projected of them walking by, which is, again, just a really cool effect Um, when... Kylo is threatening you and he is going to do like a force something. And so the room kind of shakes Uh, again, just to make you feel like there is something happening there. It's really cool. Yeah. The the whole thing is the shadows is what really got me about that. Like they bring you into the room and yeah, it's set up. So basically it seems like there's a catwalk that goes above the room you were just in. So you walk in the door into this like narrowing triangular room. And then turn around when they uh, stormtroopers show up first. Yeah. And are talking to get your attention. Yeah. Uh, and then Kylo and Hux, and then they get called away. Yes. But and- yeah, the shadows that like follow them along and pr- cast across the, the light coming in from the... So good. Yeah, it's... The technology is just amazing that they do in the storytelling. The next piece is you get rescued from that room. If you listen closely, you can hear voices coming from the wall. Yeah. 
Uh, so the first time I had no idea it was happening. The second time I knew it was there and I was still looking for it and I still found it crazy. The wall, what happens is you start seeing it uh, like glowing around a seam because theoretically it's supposed to look as if they're using uh, like uh, cutting torches. Yeah. Something to bust open the door. So you can hear the voices. So there's a recording of the people on the other side, but eventually it starts glowing as if it's being cut open and then the wall backs up and opens up and you are then rescued by the group of rebels moving you out of the interrogation room into a another room where they are putting you on a prisoner transport. Yeah, with some cart. hacked R5 units. Yes. Uh, so all of this has been the most fucking amazing Q line ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because this is the same sort of thing that Disney has been doing for decades. Uh, going back to things like the Haunted Mansion and the elevator ride. Yeah. Which isn't part of the ride, but it is part of the ride. Like, it's part of this experience that cues you down and keeps people moving smoothly into the ride area. It's phenomenal, and the evolution of it has just been mind-blowing with this whole setup. Yeah, because all of that told the story that you were escaping on a Star Destroyer. (laughs) That is the whole setup. That is so long, as opposed to the Haunted Mansion, where you just walk up to a mansion and be like, well, this is spooky. Like, that's all that told you. Right. (laughs) Um, Now, when there is a longer line and everything is like queue line, there's also an experience in the Disney Play app that is you helping Finn escape from the same Star Destroyer. Yeah. So Uh, that gets us into the next part. (laughs) Yeah. So you get into these little transport pods. The carts. The carts, I guess. Carts. I don't know. So So yeah, yeah. Four by four in the front, four in the back. Two carts get loaded at the same time and leave together. Yes. Uh, as you leave, you actually, you see two empty carts swing by as, and they're telling the story. Uh, just tell them it was a transport. So or there was an exchange a or prisoner transfer. Yes. Uh, and that always works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a nice, nice callback to episode four. But anyways, it's also a nice way to relay. How do we get the empty carts back here for the next group of, of people to on this ride? Sure. Because it's not a track. Which is the other thing. Yeah. And I didn't realize that they had been doing this elsewhere until we went to California Adventure. But these are basically just like... And they're probably running on sensors that are under the ground. I had a lot of this when I was working in a warehouse. You can put wire sensors under the concrete and things will follow them. Yeah. Um, So probably the same idea, but these are not actually on a track. These are free-sitting carts that are just on concrete. Yeah, you're you're not following like a... Matterhorn, you know, you're not on a bobsled that's just on a on a track. Right, um, which helps for the immersion. Yeah. Frankly. So I don't remember scene by scene what happens, but essentially you are trying to escape and you eventually run into some stormtroopers who realize you are the prisoners and they fire at you. And what's crazy is that it's a video of stormtroopers firing at you. So you see the tracking of the laser bolt hitting something on a wall. And when that happens, part of that wall falls away. So it's incredible timing plus the videography of what's happening. Yeah. Again, the immersion is crazy. It just felt like being in the movie. The 
car ride itself is not just straightforward. It's uh, it moves in multiple directions. It keeps you disoriented the whole time, which really helps with like frantic feeling of escaping. Yep, you're sometimes moving backwards, sideways. You are facing the other cart. Sometimes that you get separated. You're in an entirely different room than the other cart was in. Sometimes you just get to stare face to face with the other cart as you guys move past each other. Like it's yeah. Eventually, you move into what is clearly the deck of the Star Destroyer. <laughs> the command deck. And yes. you see animatronic Hux and animatronic uh, Kylo. And Kylo recognizes you're there. He turns around and looks at you face to face and says something along the lines of, uh, you know, they're trying to, but they won't get far. Yeah. And you escape. You Your cart moves out of that room. You hurriedly go down a hallway where a video of a Kylo Ren drops down and tries and force pushes you away. And you move into another room where eventually you confront Kylo Ren. And he is discussing how you were, you know, you're never going to escape. He wants to know where the secret location of the base is. Yeah. That, you know, you were told at the start of this whole thing in that briefing room. And while he's discussing that, there's a, you know, video screen on your right hand side of the battle that's happening. So there's, you know, all of these. When you were captured, Poe escapes and says he's going to bring reinforcements. Yes. Um, oh, that's true. I did skip over the scene of um, Finn in his sure. uh, Stormtrooper armor. Of, you Which know, you help him acquire if you're doing the mobile app. Yeah, I, I was not doing the mobile app, so I just <laughs> saw him in there. Uh, but you did see an animatronic Finn mm-hmm. who has essentially helped you escape. And then you see he's you know there in person talking to you and telling you to, to get away and to escape. But anyway, so you, you're in this room seeing the battle happen. And on the screen, you see there's, you know, a, I think a TIE fighter that got hit and it starts spinning out of control and it's barreling towards you inside of the Star Destroyer. And then all of a sudden it makes impact. The room shakes, the wall opens into the vacuum of space that like the whole air within the room starts pulling that direction. And the animatronic Kylo Ren that you see starts flailing wildly because he's being pulled in that direction of the gaping void of space. Um, A piece of something from the Oh, scaffolding. Debris, metal, yeah, yeah whatever. Something falls, falls down. down. So you don't see what happens to him. Clearly he doesn't fall into space because we've seen the next movie. But <laughs> so he, you you escape from that, but then you're still running away. You, I don't know, before or after that scene, but that's when you are going through and seeing the giant lasers that are fighting. It was before that scene because that scene, it's when that scene happens, you end up in an escape pod. Uh. That's true. Okay, so before that scene with, with Kylo Ren in space um, is the the giant lasers that are going off. Like, if you can imagine space cannons, um, and you it feels like a game of cat and mouse. Like, you were just trying to whirl around these things and not get fried and not get in their way. Um, so it's just, again, scope. How big of these things are. And then also just the, because you have the video next to you that makes you feel like there's a space battle happening right over there. Right. I mean, the room where you go into and there's full-size AT-ATs just like towering above you. Yeah. Again, like feels like two to three stories. Probably not. Th- that's feels probably that way. forced perspective. But yeah. like the sense of it is... 
It's incredible. I don't want to say epic, but (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy. Like, it's Uh, insane. So then you are, once you've escaped and Kylo is trying to not be, I guess, sucked out into space, you are escape into a an escape pod and you're looking out a screen where you see other escape pods being dropped into space and then flying away yeah your cart basically goes in and gets locked into place and you're looking through like a a tie style viewport yeah which is of course just another screen that's showing you what's going on outside but yeah but in reality, uh, that's when I started to panic because I was like, no, 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 I, you are, you are locked in. You see like things start bolting to your cart. And I was like, no, 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 we're going to drop. We're going to drop and I don't like it. And I don't like any of this. Uh, <laughs> hi, dear listeners. I'm terrified of falling. <laughs> it's a very small drop. There's a drop. There's a drop. There if you have a, a problem with drops, that's going to fuck with you. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I shrieked like a banshee. Because there's an ele- elevator earlier that brings you up to a higher level to go do a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, this is just drops you back down about the same distance. It's not Maybe huge. a story. Either way, yeah. it's terrifying and I don't like it. It's, it's um, not Tower of Terror. <laughs> it does, it's still terrifying and I don't like it. It is a tower and it is terrifying. So maybe you're wrong. Uh, anyways. Uh, that turns it into a motion ride. Yep. So, uh, Star Tours again. Yep. <laughs> and then you start, yes, going back and forth and moving around with inside of this, you know, forced room with screens. Once you land in a spot, then you back up and you are now back on Batu. Yeah. Uh, the cart takes you back outside as you fly around. Uh, there's an escape pod with the lieutenant, whatever. Not, not Akbar. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Mon Calamari, who's not Akbar. Yes. <laughs> which describes most Mon Calamari, <laughs> as it turns out. I think all but Akbar, really. <laughs> you want to get down to it. Unless there's like some sort of cloning thing with Akbar that we don't know about. That being said, uh, you are literally brought out to the outdoors. Uh, you are now at the exit of the ride. They're like, hey, congratulations, you're, you're in the resistance now. Now get out. <laughs> and... You leave your cart and you walk like 20 feet and now you're back out at the start of the line area and feel like, what in the hell just happened? I mean, I had read how that was going to happen. Like, I read reviews of like what happens in the ride Mm -hmm. uh, when it opened in Florida. Mm. But man, so which is why I was excited about it because I knew it was like this multi-part thing and like you get to go between these different types of rides and everything experiencing it for myself was still so just amazing and immersive. Like it was, it was that feeling of star Wars, like the same as like when we first walked on to the Falcon yeah. for smugglers run, like that is a, a micro experience of just being in this place you recognize. Yeah. And this was like a real crazy thing that's happening in star Wars. And I'm part of this and this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It is an experience, and be there at 8 a.m. if you want to uh, ride said ride. Download the app ahead of time. Show up at the park, like, between 7 and 7.30, so you can get your your (laughs) ticket checked in, and then walk inside. But that's all you need to do. No, you also have to link your party. Uh, Yeah, you should link your party ahead of time, yes. scan everybody's tickets so you have everybody in one party. Right, you want to have everybody in the same party so that you all end up in the same boarding group so not everybody's trying to get in and then go separately anyways super rad totally worth trying if you're going to go 
I'm ready to do it again. Maybe not ready to like fly down to Disneyland again, even though I'm going to be back down in LA in like two weeks. But yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a bit of a trek from Seattle. It's it, like three hours on a plane. Yeah. I'm, I might be slightly Disneyed out. We did four days of Disneyland and that's a lot. That's like two days more than we really need. But <laughs> we've done a lot of Disneyland. So yeah. yeah. Fair. So anyways, Rad Ride. Glad got to do that. Um, excited for Clone Wars Season 7. That's coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully we'll know soon what's happening with the Obi-Wan show. Why did that get put on hiatus? So hopefully there's something's fixed there. Because I can't imagine it's a deal with money. I'm pretty sure Disney's printing their own at this point. So yeah, Star Wars, man. Yeah, so this has been the, uh, the Star Wars podcast. Mm. I guess we have done a couple of those now <laughs> wouldn't be the first time thanks for listening you can find us on oh what are we on stitcher itunes google play so many other things uh i am on mixer we'd like a rating five out of five what that's a witcher sound i uh, no, my first thought is blue milks but i don't actually want five blue milks those are actually kind of gross they got the new mango ones now. No, nope, no, nope, don't like it. No, nope. jet juices. Those jet juices are pretty good. Yeah. Yep. I'll take a uh, five jet juices, please. I don't think they allow that at Oga's Cantina. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.